1: This is kind of where the rubber meets the road for the Christian. Surrender is success. Surrender is success for the believer. When you just say, listen, God, I'm laying, I'm laying everything on your altar. Everything I think I know, everything I'm sure about, every goal, every desire, every attitude. I am so human And so I put it on the altar, I I, I give it to you, I, I surrender.
0: In the world, the idea of surrendering equates to weakness and defeat. For the Christian, however, surrendering to the Lord brings victory and fulfillment. Pastor Robert will be encouraging you to continue to surrender your life over to the Lord. And he'll continue to bring true peace and satisfaction to your soul stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts chapter 5 as he continues his message, Gamaliel's Advice.
1: Proverbs 3.34, surely he, talking about God, scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. Now, you might say, well, I don't scorn God. I mean, look at me. I'm in church now. I don't, I don't scorn God. I'm not scornful toward the things of God. Wait a minute. Are you sure? James kind of expands on it for us. He makes it a little easier to apply this thing directly to our personal lives, He quotes it in James chapter 4. Beginning at verse 3, James writes, "'You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, "'that you may spend it on your pleasures.'" Now, he's talking about asking God for what we need, for what we want. He's talking about prayer. He says, "You, "'You ask and don't receive because you ask amiss, "'that you may spend it on your own pleasures,' is the idea.'" And now comes a confrontation. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you understand? James puts this proverb about God fighting against, God resisting, opposing the proud, and giving grace to the humble. He puts it in the context of you praying for things with a wrong motive, of you wanting to be a, a friend of the world. A lot of Christians fall into that category trying to be cozied up with the culture, trying to be friends with the world, meaning that the way we think, we don't really want to be different from the people around us. We, we want to fit in. Listen, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road for the Christian. Surrender is success. Surrender is Success. For the believer, when you just, when you just say, listen, God, I'm laying, I'm laying everything on your altar, everything I think I know, everything I'm sure about, every goal, every desire, every attitude, I am so human. And so I put it on the altar. I, I, I give it to you. I, I surrender. I, I want to be shaped by you. I want to be transformed by you. I want to be made in your image I want your spirit, not my spirit, not my corrupt, wicked, self-centered, self-indulgent spirit. I want your spirit to dominate. It's just surrender. And when you humble yourself like that, and you surrender your attitudes and your thoughts and your desires to him, he, he pours out great grace and leads you into his perfect plan for your future. And as we've talked about so many times before, his plan for you is far better than your wildest dreams for yourself. But it may not feel that way at first. I can assure you, though, if you resist it, well, he calls that pride. Oh, you think you know better than God. You think you're going to do it better than God. How arrogant, how prideful. And, and, And you put yourself in a fight you can't possibly win because God always opposes the proud actively. He actively fights against you when you put yourself in that posture. In fact, and it's an interesting thing to consider, kind of makes things confusing sometimes, because we look around and we see people who are, they just seem to be enjoying life. I, we had a guy in the church, this was 20 years ago, and he would talk to me about, he's like, I just don't, I don't you know, I, he said, I struggle, Robert, because I see all these guys and they're out there and they're, they're driving, they're, you know, back then it was the Porsche Boxer. That was a, you just, you remember the, anybody remember the Boxer, the Porsche Boxer? He, he wanted one so badly, you know, and he's like, I see these guys and they're just making all this money and they're, da, 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 they're you know, they, everything's great for them. Their, their lives are great. And I said, yeah, the Bible says don't envy the wicked because that's all they get. It's like, enjoy your Boxer on the way to the gates of hell. You know, you'll get there more quickly and you'll have the top down while you go, I guess. I don't know, but But that's it, that's all you get. Don't envy the wicked. Romans chapter one, another chapter you should read, Romans 1, 16 through chapter two, verse 11, describes in detail how winning becomes losing. How in reality, winning is losing for the proud person. how 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 does that work well, because see what Romans chapter one it lays out this pattern there in Romans one sixteen through two eleven where you can see that that God's opposition often takes the form of acquiescence to your demands, in other words, he says yes to you, and that's actually him opposing you. How can that be? Well, because you end up being completely given over to your prideful pursuits. The Bible says eventually your own sin will destroy you. Now think about how many times you've seen that. I mean, think about all the rock stars we've lost just in the last five years and how, how many times we've seen sin eventually destroy people. It's their, the, the thing that they're, that they're given over to that eventually ends up wrecking their lives and, and, and destroying them. But listen, the, Romans chapter 1 tells us that in this life, the wrath of God is revealed or expressed in that He just says, yes, go for it. By the way, C.S. Lewis wrote an awful lot about that. But the third and final takeaway that I want you to get here is, is that the surrendered life it is a life of joy that's ultimately unstoppable. Look back at Acts chapter 5, verse 40. It says, they agreed with him. Remember, the council agreed with Gamaliel. Yeah, you're right. If it's just a man, it'll die. So we can just, we just need to leave him alone. They agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. They didn't shut up. Not only that, but listen, I ask you, when's the last time you celebrated taking a beating? That's just weird. That is not normal. Right? Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that I got you know, beat down for preaching. That is not normal. No, it's supernatural. It it can only be by the Spirit of God. It can only be the result of His grace. The apostles obviously remembered and believed what Jesus had taught them back in Matthew chapter 5. In verses 11 and 12, Jesus said this, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you.
0: that's all for today tune in next time for more right here on main thing radio